Hello and welcome back to the Lift It Your Life podcast. I hope everyone is doing well. And today we are joined by an absolutely awesome guest, Emily. Emily, so your real name is Emily Bagshaw, that's the full name. That is, yeah. But yeah. everyone knows you as emilyjane.coaching. Yeah. Do you get it at expos and stuff when people come up to you and say, oh, emilyjane.coaching rather than your full um, name? I think people think I'm like Emily Jane. Emily Jane. I think my full name's Emily Jane, but Jane's just my middle name. And then it's Emily Bagshaw is yeah. actually my name. It's quite funny. <laughs> when I go to like expos, not like go to loads of things, people are like, oh, it's Lucy Lift Your Life. I'm like, it's not really my name, you know, but I'll <laughs> yeah. take it. Um, I was going to do the whole how are you, but we can pretend that we haven't just sat in the car for the last two hours talking about life. But yeah. Emily, how are you? Yeah, yeah, I'm really good, thank you. How are you? <laughs> Surprisingly pretty good, yeah, yeah, amazing. Well, I wanted to bring Emily on today to talk about quite a few different things. Uh, Emily, I don't really actually know much about your own sort of backstory getting into fitness and coaching, but one thing I absolutely love about Emily, we, we've known each other a while, we got on well, we live very close, but what I love about her is her absolute transparency with everything, because I think in this day and age, people aren't very open and honest about how they feel, but specifically in the realms of bodybuilding, PED usage and people lie about it and you know for, for normal people they see you know physiques and think oh my god this is amazing I want to look like this but they don't realize that this person is actually using things so I want to talk about her story with this but let's go right back to the start as far back as you can go when did fitness start for you in your life? Uh, I think the well the classic why we all kind of maybe joined the gym in the first place is like not liking ourselves maybe a little bit I think um, for me it was year 11 16 years old that was my first introduction to a gym yeah I grew up in a small town so it was like leisure center that was the only choice yep. at the time so I joined the local leisure center to lose weight you know it was kind of like um got in there I remember my first little like induction being shown how to use the like the abductor and the adductor yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I could do them so I knew how to use them but generally speaking it was just like you know how long can I last on the treadmill and lots of cardio for, for quite a, quite a few years so that was probably my first kind of introduction to like the gym space. And then, yeah, I, I went to uni and just got more into it. By the, by my second year, I, uh, I joined the Athletic Society because I just wanted to be around people that were sort of interested in, you know, getting stronger as well and things like that. So I'd go, um, I'd go and train with, with them twice a week and it would be more, it would be more um, sort of like advanced level kind of circuits and stuff that we do, like, you know, learning how to do push-ups properly, did my first barbell squat, um, and that kind of thing, my first pull up, you know, so it was just a bit more getting into that side of things. Um, yeah, at uni, I was definitely known amongst my friends as like the gym girl, like the one Sporty that went spice. to the gym. Sporty yeah, like, I was the one that went group. to the gym yeah. and sort of um, ate healthy at least, or I, I at least tried to for what I thought was healthy, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so uni kind of developed that interest. Um, and then pretty much straight after uni, I signed up to do a PT course. Uh, so I did a degree completely unrelated to fitness. Um, but after uni, I was like, oh, no, I actually just want to do this as a career. So, Amazing. yeah, that's uh, that's that. So I did a PT course and uh, pretty much straight after the PT course became a PT in a gym and then became an online coach. So it's, that's pretty much the, the timeline. Yeah, that's really interesting because I literally did the same. I was at uni doing an unrelated course. And I was like, I want to do a PT course. I yeah. want to be a personal trainer straight straight yeah. through education, straight into the PT course. Yeah. Um, who did you did you do the same PT course as me? Did you do it with um? You didn't do it with I know you worked in the same gym as a guy called Kev, didn't you, Kevin? Oh Georgia. yeah, no, I I did. Uh, I wish I'd done it with Kev. To be fair, like he seemed really decent, but I was already a PT at that point. Like when I joined Pure Gym, it was Pure Gym Kirkstall. He was doing like PT one to ones. I just did. I just I had no idea. I literally went online, googled like you know PT courses, 
shelled out three, four grand or whatever it was off the, you know, straight away just to sign up without consulting anyone, like as in friends, family. I just, I just knew what I wanted to do. Love it. Um, so I'd, honestly, I can't remember the name of it. Like, I really can't remember what academy I went through. I suppose it's irrelevant now, but <laughs> it was just one of many online ones. You take that the box. You sign up, you know, you find your local course. Unfortunately for me, actually, the, the Leeds one got cancelled, so I had to wait a few months for Manchester. So I was commuting every day to Manchester to do the course. It was like five weeks, just like intense, uh, going every day, studying there and, um, yeah, like doing a few practical things and, yeah, five weeks from nothing to becoming a PT. Yeah, it's <laughs> That's quite, how it works. quite scary how fast. It is it? scary, yeah. And then you actually learn afterwards. <laughs> you learn everything you actually need to know yourself and, and afterwards. It's crazy. Yeah. What point then did the change happen for you when it was like, oh, I'm just going to the gym and just doing like messing around a little bit to... What was the switch that I really want to actually take this seriously? Was it a wanting to learn? Was it more about the physique development? What for you pushed you to actually want to take it a bit more seriously? I think I'd always been interested in physique development. Like even when I joined the gym, like, yeah, of course I wanted to lose a bit of weight, but I always liked the idea of like having muscle or looking looking like I trained, I suppose. Um, and, you know, obviously not knowing how to get there in the beginning, but once I sort of started uh, being a PT in the gym and I was, I was around like other like a couple of the PTs there had competed before. So that like whole idea was presented to me in, in an organic fashion. Um, you know, this was back before I'd like that whole bodybuilding scene had like blown up on Instagram. So it was literally just me seeing it in person. And I joined another gym because obviously when you're a PT, I think a lot of PTs could agree with this, like you don't necessarily want to train where you work. So I joined another gym uh, a bit further down the road where I could just go go and train like, you know, in my own time um, and be a bit more anonymous. But I met a girl there who's called, she's, it's Paige Rebecca on Instagram, if you know her. Mm-hmm. But she's like, she be- ended up becoming my coach, actually. Um, but she was training, like prepping for her first show. And I was just doing like my first ever kind of little diet, just on my own. I didn't have a coach. I just wanted to, I wanted to see if I could actually diet <laughs> and handle it and see if I enjoyed it. And um, so I was dieting, she was prepping and she was like, you should totally give it a go. And I was like, yeah, like actually I do. I think I just got to a point where I was like, I need to, a new goal now, like I've kind of, I've developed a bit of muscle, I've dieted down and that was great. I enjoyed it. Now I want to just kind of do it again, but with a bit more of a a bigger goal in mind. And uh, I basically went to watch her show and um, I just thought, this is awesome. Like, I like this and I want to give it a go myself. And and then so the following year I did. And how was like the first sort of experience of competing? Was it what you thought it was going to (laughs) be? Yeah, I mean, I, I was so clueless back then. Like I said, there was not all this Instagram stuff and I didn't no. even know about it. Was quite few, yeah, it was quite a few years ago. Yeah, wasn't it? so I, it was 2018 when I sort of started with it all. And back then, it's I, I mean, there probably was a few people on Instagram. I just didn't follow them. No, it wasn't um, easy to... There yeah. Noel known and Yeah, and like, I didn't even know that you needed to pose or anything like that. It, for me, it was just... It, which sounds a bit silly because you've watched the show, but you don't know what you're looking at. Honestly, you don't. You just think, oh, the girls look great and... Um, so I didn't even like pose until I was 10 weeks out which was a disaster but um, yeah it was it was tough because I was a full-time PT and you've got like you've got like um, classes to run like spin and all that kind of stuff as well so you're doing a lot Um, so I guess that prep was a lot different to to, like ones I've done after that because my output was already really high from my job so I was kind of doing like not much cardio really but I think it was like 30 minutes a day but for me that was like torture (laughs) doing that 30 minutes like on top of everything else and I was a lot smaller then, I had a lot less muscle, so I was kind of eating a lot less food, so food did get really low, and you know, I did become very food focused, like I had like a list of all the foods I wanted to eat after my show, and I went and bought them all, and I went and ate them all afterwards, and you know, there was a lot of things that 
didn't go well, but somehow I decided to do it again. <laughs> I'm guessing there must have been some experience of that where you thought I could do this better or did you actually enjoy the experience of competing itself? The thing is, yeah, I absolutely loved the show day. And I was like, oh, I'd love, I'd love to do that again. You know, the whole prep was actually pretty tough, to be honest. I don't, I, I don't think I would say I enjoyed it. Weirdly, it took me like a full year after the, after stepping off stage to even consider that I'd compete again. Mm. So I competed in 2019, and then obviously we had that lockdown situation. Oh yeah. So I competed yeah. in the June of 2019, and then we get to lockdown, and the one thing that's keeping me going is training is filming my home workouts, putting them on Instagram, you know, helping other people still and just really enjoying all of that. And uh, I think we got to not that much, maybe a few weeks or months into that lockdown. I think I started with Paige, like in the maybe the July, we, we were just coming out of that first lockdown and I could go back to the gym with a, with a goal of getting more muscle on and to then compete the following year, which is what I ended up doing. So if the lockdown hadn't have happened and I hadn't had time to like reflect, <laughs> I don't know if I'd, honestly, I, who can say, I think lots of us can probably relate that we, things that we ended up doing because of the lockdown, like we'll never know if we would have done them otherwise. But for me, competing was that because I, I don't know if I'd have got back into a headspace where I would have thought it would be the right thing for me to do. But yeah, absolutely. because of the lockdown, I was like, I need a goal. It's crazy, so, isn't it? Like, I don't know if, where my, if I'd even have this business. Exactly, like, yeah. The lockdown and weird time, those home workouts, man. <laughs> Hated look, we look back. I hated them, but I liked the structure. I think I, I remember watching yours and like, I think I liked how, I don't know if this was in the second or third lockdown when I was watching yours or if it was the first one, but you really took them so seriously. I fucking loved it. Yeah, it was like, it was very structured, like push, pull, legs, you know, this is what I'm like, doing. I just saw you like the game face on in your still. living room and I was like, yeah. I love it. <laughs> I'm logging it. I'm progressing those weights or the reps or however I can try and yeah. get more. Like I was still treating it the same. So that really helped me, you know. Yeah, because you did yours like, it was like your living room. You managed to yeah. fit yours in. <laughs> yeah. I had a different location every single one. The first one I managed to do outside because we had that stunning weather. Oh, yeah, yeah. Second one was that really little one, like four weeks or whatever. Yeah. I managed to use the living room because everyone was out because kids did, still went to school in that one or something. It was a really weird one. So I had the house to myself. And then third one, it was that, it was winter. So it was like raining and snowing. And I was like, can't yeah. go outside. Can't use the living room. Fuck it, I'll get a shipping container. And it was crazy, like disgusting, dirty, literally in the middle of a building site. But we did what we had to do, right? Yeah. We did what we had to do. So it came to the end of lockdown and you actually like, no, kind of want to compete again. So we went into your second season so what was the second experience like in competing compared to the first pros cons like what was the whole experience like for you loads better because I obviously took the time to be coached for like a good six months yeah. prior so I was in a really good position I think the first one I just started in a bad position like in terms of my food was already quite low and then it was like let's prep um so I was in a good position to start with um to start like you know pulling food back I, I built that trust with the coach for like six months as yeah. well um so yeah it started off better and I knew a lot more by that point. Like I was the one that was like picking my shows. Like I had specific goals of federations shows, wanting to get to the finals, all that kind of jazz. Um, I'd been posing as well from like a year out. Like (laughs) I knew about (laughs) posing by that point. So I'd I'd worked on my posing a lot and felt a lot more confident with it all. Um, Yeah. And I guess I just, I wasn't a PT anymore. So I had a lot more kind of free time. Were you fully online at that point? 2021, yeah. So I had a lot more time to kind of, well, yeah, just get your steps and stuff, like plan your day around your prep. So it made things a lot easier. Um, so yeah, just generally went a lot smoother. Obviously I, I did really well as well. Like the first time I didn't even place this time, I like 
got moved to figure and won it and it was all this big exciting thing and I had this whole new goal mid-season of like transitioning to figure and learning the poses and you know getting to the finals and winning the finals and it was like a very good season basically so yeah yeah very different to the first one <laughs> I was at the finals I remember seeing it I did it were you yeah my um one of my coach's client, uh, clients was competing so I came to watch Aww. and I was like good times yeah I remember, times. remember all like blowing up on social media like she got moved to figure and she won yeah it was it was, it was, cool it was pretty fun and I got a sponsorship out of it and like you know things just started to happen and that social media grew and like it was just quite an exciting exciting, exciting year you yeah. know so it was, it was good, it was good. <laughs> amazing what happened in between that with like the work side of things then because we completely brushed over that because you were sort of in person PT pretty full by the sounds of things quite busy and then moved online so how did that transition happen why did that hundred transition happen like what was like the move for you with that again a lockdown situation of being like like I'm just going to make this online thing work you know like I think anyone that was in lockdown it was like that time to think and reflect and I, I remember just thinking like the people that I tended to follow like at the time it was like Josh Bridgman or whatever and I was like seeing what people were doing online and I was like why why can't I do that you know I was thinking I'm already posting like all my home workouts people like love watching my stuff by the scenes of it like I do this because I'm, I'm just really enjoying it. Like I enjoy having that online, you know, presence where I can help people. And I was like, why don't I just start talking about online coaching and see, see what happens. See, literally see what happens. And I think one of my first clients was like, um, one of my best mates, actually. She was like, I've seen that you're doing this online coaching thing. Like, could I give it a go? Like, I'm, I'm just looking to kind of get into the gym a bit more. And as soon as you've got like five clients, you know, you, you're starting to post transformations and even even if they're just like four weeks in, you know, you're like, woo. <laughs> and it just, you know, Smell you've got to start somewhere. And, do. you know, and obviously I, obviously I already had loads of transformations from my PT clients as well that I could just post. Um, so that was really helpful in the beginning as well, just having having pictures that I could sort of prove that I can, you know, transform physiques and stuff. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, again, it was the lockdown that pushed me to be like, I'm sure a lot of PTs could say the same. Mm. The lockdown pushes you to go, right, well, I'm going to have to do something about this on and this online thing and obviously in lockdown as well lots of people were wanting that extra support so even myself like I say got going to page and being like help <laughs> you know yeah. give me some structure so yeah. yeah it was a good time to push the online thing to be fair yeah did you end up going back to the gym after lockdown or was it like was that lockdown forced you out of the gym? oh yeah no it was never you know it was never like a consideration really I feel like I sort of did my <laughs> did my time so to speak I think that the the, the, the one-to-one PT lifestyle is quite um a challenge really like in the t there's so many cons to it that you kind of after after doing it for a while you like the the, the early starts it's got the a shelf finishes. life I it think. does got a shelf life like you don't have a social life because you're there every evening um trying to fit people in and you can't go on holiday without losing loads of money because it's just or just some faff of trying to fit people in like you can't if you've got if you've got a client that comes to you twice a week and you're away on holiday you're not going to fit them in four four times the following week so yeah, you can have all the kind of contracts in place as you want that say, oh, well, um, you know, you've got, you've paid for eight sessions in the month. And, and even then you're like, nah, I'm going on holiday. So I feel, yeah, it was just too, yeah, it was just too hard to like go away and stuff. I don't think I went away <laughs> when no. I was like a, a PT at Pure Gym. I don't think I no. went on holiday really. You end up having such long days. So like you said, you do the mornings, the evenings, and you've got that awkward middle of the day, no man's land, but can't really do a lot in that time, can you? By the time you've trained yourself and yeah maybe nipped back home or whatever it's like well I ended up moving like house to, to live right near Pure Gym like Kirkstall because then I could it was like a five minute walk and then for me it was like at least I can just get clients in whenever even if I've just got one and then like a two hour gap I can actually pop home and eat and then come back 
But you don't have to be um, relocating to do that. Like, I know, there. yeah. Obviously, other PTs, like, they were they were still far away. So it, for them, it was like, well, I'm going to have to stay in the gym for, like, two hours randomly and kill that two-hour block. Or And then you get cancellations, and you're like, damn, I've I've got a random hour free now that I hadn't planned for, and I've got nothing to do. And Yeah, it's, it's great. And I, I guess the same as you, it's that it's fantastic, it's great fun, but the ability to actually serve the clients to the extent that you want isn't there oh yeah I think like uh, yeah a lot of um like the clients that come for PT like they uh, it's it's a weird one but like obviously they're not really wanting help with the nutrition necessarily and then if they're wanting to sort of transform their physique in some way like they're not going to do that by seeing you once once a week in the gym or twice a week in the gym and even if you try and help them with their nutrition they're often just kind of like they're almost just wanting that that ability to sort of say to themselves I've been to the gym today like yeah. therefore I'm doing something about you know being healthier but it's like eh, you know so you are but it's not enough so yeah to definitely see so you're not really helping them that much and then you know you can obviously try like I said I, I I'd pretty much always give clients like a workout plan for outside of the gym as well so like yeah. even if they were seeing me once a week they'd have two other sessions to hit on their own or something uh, but again without the nutrition side and the, the overall approach like they're not really going to see uh, the results that they might want no. And this is one thing I do think what has emerged from the, the presence of online coaching is this people the ability to actually help people. Because I think PT is perfect if you're brand new to the gym, petrified, and you want to build that confidence up, or you want to learn a specific skill set in the gym, you really want to learn how to lift effectively and efficiently. Oh, yeah. Brilliant. I think PT is fantastic. But if it's a, you know, I don't know if you had the same, but I had a lot of clients come into work with me, PT, who overweight or you know struggling with their looks and like I said they want to change their physique and or they want to you know improve their relationship with food because they're struggling with overeating it's like this one hour a week is not going to touch the side to anything you want to do and you almost feel like you were doing them a disservice and I same as you I'd give them plans outside and things to do and I'd check up but it's just not yeah it's a good starting point even for me like I um I had a powerlifting PT like as in she was a powerlifter and I wanted to learn how to squat, bench and deadlift properly before I became a PT. So it was good. It was worth paying her for sessions to properly learn those movements in person, which are very hard to teach online. Oh God, you know, yeah. so there's pros and cons to both. So I do think as, a, as an initial foundation of properly learning movements, it can actually be beneficial to just have an in like, an, like a in-person PT first. Um, yeah, most people that come to me for coaching, like they already know what they're doing in the gym. Yeah. And it's just a matter of like tidying up the movements, execution tempo all that kind of stuff you know yeah you can do nitty-gritty things but like those yeah. big if you really want to develop i'm not going to teach someone how to do a deadlift online is what i'm saying like no not really no no it's, <laughs> you know it's not not as effective yeah for sure. okay so we've made we've made the transition online we've done that first year's prep so what was the experience coming out of the second prep compared to the first first one was a like a you know uh i'm trying to find a polite word because i don't know if you can swear on this go for it a shit show yeah <laughs> like it was like i said i had that list of foods that i, I wanted to eat and then it was that like that feeling of entitlement of oh I've done all this now for six months so I deserve to just eat whatever I want like but to the extent of like I'm gonna have a packet of Oreos for breakfast every day because I like Oreos and I'm in Greece on a holiday um so there's lots of different varieties that I've never seen before so yeah I kind of went on holiday immediately like post show which is a sort of recipe for disaster because your appetite's through the roof and you're on holiday so you're like woo you know I'm gonna have an Oreo ice cream now as well as that massive lunch I just had and all these other snacks in the afternoon and then a massive dinner and by the time I got home from that holiday I was like 10 kilos up I was like my ankles were like swollen on the on the plane and 
yeah, it wasn't. And for anyone who doesn't know Emily, she's quite a small human. Yeah, so 10 kilos, my sister said to me, because she she was on holiday with me, she was like, no offence, mate, but I was really like, I was looking at you like, wow, like, yeah, yeah, you can really see that 10 kilos, like it's, you don't look great. (laughs) Like, you know, it doesn't sit well. Not in that short time frame. Yeah, in that short time frame when you've just eaten like utter garbage for a week. Um, And yeah, pretty much like the months after that, I was very like down, if you know what I mean. Like just just from like the post-show blues and just having no re- no real like support kind of thing and not knowing what on earth, like how to navigate the whole phase really. Um, which is why I was like, I'm never, never competing again, you know, and never thought I would. Um, but yeah, like second time round, um, I still, I still did the, the silly thing of leaving my coach immediately. Like I told her like three weeks out or something. I think you get to that sort of point sometimes when you're in a prep, like you just can't wait for it to be over because it gets so hard towards the end. So for me, I was like, because I, I did a long prep because I had the whole finals thing. And this is, you know, you learn from every prep and that last, that second one, I was like, okay, you start dieting in January with finals in October. So you're dieting all year, ends up being a 40 week prep. That is a mistake. So by the time that you get to the end of that, you've done like July qualifiers, you were really stage lean then. You're sort of maintaining that leanness. When you're lean, your hormones are all over the shop. Your mental health's not the best necessarily. And you're spending a good like few months in that state. Like by the end of it, you are going to be like, I do not want to be anywhere near this at, at, the, at this point. I was like, I don't want to track my food. I don't want to, you know, have anything to do with, you know, coaching, taking pictures of myself every week and like sending them across. And I just was like, I'm done. So I just kind of said, I said to her, by the way, like after this prep, I'm, I'm not going to be uh, coaching with you anymore. And she was like, yeah, like at least let me give you some macros. And she gave them to me and I was like, I'm, I just don't want to track. Like I just don't. So I just, it wasn't as bad that post show because I had done the whole binge thing. I knew how it had affected me. I knew it wasn't the right thing. So it wasn't a binge the second time around, but it was more like there's still that feeling of entitlement of I've been dieting all year, therefore I deserve to go to every single party. Every single weekend I've got plans with different friends, like making up for lost time. Um, so it was just, I was going out every weekend, like drinking heavily because it was like, it was always kind of like a party or I had like a delayed birthday I was going to different events and stuff and it was always like, I suppose you can't really tolerate that much alcohol when you haven't drank for 10 months either. Right. So I was always being sick every weekend and then going to train legs afterwards, like on the Sunday. And it was just, yeah, alcohol's obviously, it does play havoc with your body composition as well. You know, and obviously the amount of calories that are just kind of dead calories, like you end up having like, you know, thousands in a night when you go crazy. So I did, I didn't gain like loads of weight as such. I was just in a bit of a messy body composition and very unresponsive when I then signed up with a new coach in the January. So it was kind of like six-ish weeks of just doing my own thing really. So at least I didn't spend too long just kind of, you know, messing things. But it did have a, it did have like a long impact on my overall off season because I'd already, I'd already kind of that six week window, I'd already like wasted any opportunity to kind of put my body into any kind of responsive state, you know, for, for, for sort of like post-show and building food back up. So we tried to build food and my body, I, would, I was just gaining weight like crazy and we just had to kind of hold back really. So it's like I probably just held back on a lot of progress throughout my off season by doing that. So, so yeah, this next time I was like, don't do that. <laughs> so you just learn each time. <laughs> That's it. So what happened then? What made you then go, actually, I, I need a, a coach now. This What was kind of like the turning? Did you know you still want to compete after that show? You oh, yeah. Like, yeah, I was definitely like, obviously, like I explained earlier, that was a really good season. Uh, gave me loads of like motivation and stuff. Like, oh, I could actually do quite well as well as, you know, the fact that I enjoy it. Um, the, the, the pure like motivation for me to sort of get a coach at that point was like the, the PED side. 
So like, um, that was why it was like, I'm not going back to my old coach. Um, and the reason that, another reason that I sort of delayed that process, um, it wasn't just because I was wanting to go out every weekend. It was also because I felt so loyal to her and it was such a, like she expected that I'd be coming back to us. And I was, I was a bit like, oh, I don't want to have to tell her that I'm not going back to her. At the same time, I was like, I really need a new coach because I need someone who like understands all the like the PD side of things. Um, and then it was like the whole January fresh year, let's do things. So that that week of like the first week of January, I um, I was like, I'll at least just book, you know, that you've got these sort of like top coaches in the industry that they, they you can pay them to have a consult with them, just not for coaching, but just to learn. Um, so I was like, oh, I'll have a consult with, uh, you know, the coach that I had before. Um, I'll have a consult with him just to like literally ask him some questions and stuff. Um, you know, so it's like a 45 minute Q&A sort of vibe of me just asking him, like, I want to go assisted. Like, how would you approach it? What what sort of things would you be taking like throughout the off season and all that kind of stuff? And at the end of the consult, he kind of just went, you know, um, um, I'd be happy to coach you. And I was like, I was just flattered, to be fair. Like, I was like, oh, because he coaches such like high level athletes. And I was a bit like, oh, OK. I sort of, the flattery got to me straight away. So I, about two hours later, I just messaged him like, well, he messaged me saying, like, if you need anything else. And I was like should we do the coaching thing? So it kind of happened like that, really. I wasn't, like, planning to sign up for coaching with him, but then I was like, I can't do, I can't just do an off-season on my own and try and navigate the whole PD things on my own mm -hmm. off just having consults with people and just asking information. Like, I do need someone to just be telling me throughout this off-season, like, when to take stuff and when to titrate it up and, and all that kind of stuff. Like, yes, I'd, I'd literally just spent, um, came out the back of that prep and one of the first things I did was sign up to the J3 University, mm -hmm. which is, like, very heavily kind of like uh, like sort of like drugs orientated so it's 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 sort of like a course where you're going through like how to prep someone but it's very much going through every single like compound all the anabolics everything what they do side effects human uses um so I'd like spent time learning on my own but I was like it's still you still don't have the experience of years of like prepping other athletes that that you could really do with having someone you know so I was like oh, I'll just sign up with him and then have the orcs conversation with you know, my other coach saying, oh, I'm sorry. I'm really sorry, but I'm not coming back. But, you know, it, it is for a very valid reason. Like, you can't help me with this stuff and I need it. So, and we're still friends now and it's fine. But That's you always true. overthink leaving a coach. But yeah, if they're like actually a decent coach and you were you were actually good friends and you did actually have a good rapport, like, they should be fine with you moving on. So she was, but... Yeah, it's always like a bit of a breakup, doesn't it? Yeah, it, it, it did. But, yeah, we're, like I say, we're, we're still, like, trained together now and stuff, so... That's good. It That's was fine. Really nice. <laughs> so... Was that your moving to go with that that coaching? Was that the first experience you had with PEDs, or had you like had like minimal usage prior to that in your other preps? Minimal from the um, from the twenty twenty one. I'd like I'd used like Clen, mm -hmm. so that for me that was the reason why I was like I actually don't have the option of staying natural now, unfortunately, uh, which is something looking back that I again it's one of those things where like in hindsight like or if that hadn't happened would I have ever decided to go assisted? But again you. You'll never know because that's not the situation. But for me, it was like, well, I don't have the choice now because I've stupidly mid-prep agreed to take something without really looking into it, without considering it's not just a fat burner, therefore. So, like, once I realised, oh, it's on the WADA band list, like, you can't take that as a natural athlete, you oh. idiot. But you don't think when you're in a prep. And that's why I'd say to anyone prior to starting a prep, have your, like, decision made. Am I going to take anything on this prep? Don't change your mind halfway through prep when you're in a you're in like a all or nothing let's you know my life's all about this prep mentality because you do you do get into that mentality on a mm. prep because 
you know, you're needing to get in shape for that show. You've got nothing else going on because you, you know, you can't really do other things at that point when you're like you're 10 weeks out or whatever the most, it was. Like, logically you're not thinking logically, trust me, you're not. So I was like, yeah, definitely. I'll, you know, I was running slow on my prep as well, that prep. I had a lot of fat to lose. We'd had to extend, the, extend it already. And I was like, oh, great, something that will help push things along. I'll, I'll crack on, yeah. And then I was like, oh, okay, I'm not natural now. So, um, so then for me, it was like, well, what can my next goals be? Um, within the sport and it was like oh you've, you've done well in FitX you kind of you, you won the finals like you've ticked that one um, like looking towards the IFBB and all that kind of stuff and that could be like my next goal you know of like being competitive within the IFBB and seeing how I get on but for that goal within the time frame that I have and the amount of muscle I have I'm going to need to step forward and, and, and take that decision of like you know using anabolics and all that kind of stuff so yeah, I just weighed it up. I did the courses first. I spent time on my own to think about it. And then I was like, yeah, I'll go for it. Because like I said, I, I, I want to carry on competing. I enjoy it, but I can't I can't do it as a natural athlete now. So I've ruled out a lot of, there's a lot of federations. <laughs> yeah. What push the goal of maybe like the IFBB route? Because obviously that is like the big, that is the route if you want to, to make it in inverted commas. Why that rather than just be like, well, I want to do well in like, you know, federations like let's say PCA or other things like that? That is a very good question that um, my new coach just asked me in my last check-in actually. <laughs> I think like the way my mind works, it's always like having to be the best of the best. Like always through school, it was the same. Like I will get the best results out of everyone in this year group. Like I will stop going for lunch breaks and I will just make sure I get an A-star in every single GCSE and I've always had that. I did, by the way. <laughs> just I've, out I've there. always had that <laughs> that mentality. Like whatever could be achieved. Like at uni, like I would have cried if I got a two one. It was like, but you could get a first, so you're going to work hard and make sure you get that first. So it was. A, it's the same. I was. I was like, well, I have to do the pinnacle of bodybuilding. Like I can't just, you know, do what everyone else is doing, kind of thing. Um, yeah. So I kind of, I kind of pushed myself into that realm, and then my previous coaches very much like some coaches do like favor certain federations. So I was happily pushed into that direction of like, we're just doing the IFBB route now and you are going to become an IFBB figure pro and that's the way it's going to be. Um, so there's no point doing any other federations because it's bad politics to do so. Um, whereas like looking back, I wish I had just like done a little warm up FitEx show because I, I just like FitEx. I really enjoyed. Yeah. So my, my new coach has literally said, mate, like I don't care what my clients do, like do like any federation you fancy, do four different ones, like crack on, like you don't have to just limit yourself to IFBB. So now I'm like, yeah, I feel like that's a good idea to not put like loads of pressure on one goal and just take the suck the fun out of bodybuilding when I just actually enjoy prepping. That's it. And um, I, I enjoy being on stage and I would have been on stage more this last season had it not just been that I can only do IFBB, uh, you know, uh, two bros. So probably next season you'll see me in a couple of other feds. So that'll be that'll be nice. Yeah. <laughs> feds hall next year. Yeah. to everyone not PCA though because um, no. I've been there and done that and it doesn't suit my physique. Like I'm not toned figure. I'm not it just doesn't suit my physique. No. They need like a, a tiny little waist and mine's big and blocky and my physique doesn't suit the PCA. Yeah. So that's the only reason I wouldn't yeah. go there. But so I, I'd fit in terms of the tiny waist, but I don't have the muscle mass. So I'm kind of, <laughs> kind of fucked um, on that one. So last federation, last shows, uh, piece, you know, IFBB route. So how did that go as the first sort of season doing it all with obviously a bigger goal in mind? Did you feel more pressure as well? going down like the route of going to do like two bros because it is quite, you know, this is the route people want to go down if you're really serious about mm. taking it to that next level. I think I was just a lot more critical of myself. Like the whole prep, I was like, you look shit, like you're not big enough. 
you know, you're wasting your time, you're going to be embarrassing on stage, people are going to be looking in the audience and laughing at you. And it was like, it was quite negative, really. Like, I was quite, like, mean about myself throughout the whole prep, like, just thinking, what on earth are you doing, you know? Um, so it kind of added, like, a nasty type of pressure in mm. that way. Um, yeah, like, obviously, like, the IFBB is, like, the pinnacle. So you just feel like, what am I, who do I think I am sort of doing that? But I think I was just overthinking it as well, to be fair. Sure. Like, as we do. As you do. As, you do. <laughs> as we do, but hey-ho. Yeah. And with... The actual prep itself, then. What was, because I'm 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 you know, I'm not the most clued up in terms of PEDs and stuff. But how did that change things in terms of the ease, the difficulty, side effects going through the prep itself? Oh, exclusive on the podcast. I've been meaning to do my own video on this, but I did one and then I deleted it all because I just thought I revealed too much. You can make a real out of this. So here you <laughs> I go. thought I revealed too much, but like I talked about dosages and stuff, and I was like too far, too far. Um, but no, like it's it's a weird one to sort of say without sounding like um, you're saying that it's easy to be um, an assisted athlete doing a prep. So it's, it's hard to word it in a way that doesn't like downplay the, the difficulty. But trust me, it was so much easier. It was so much easier. Um, when you're natural, there's nothing to fall back on, like nothing to help you with that fat loss apart from dropping the food more, increasing the cardio, the steps, etc. Uh, recovery wise there's nothing to help you out like when you're starting to feel really rough like there's nothing there you know you're not taking certain like you know compounds or whatever that will help you to recover faster so you can crack on and not feel horrible my recovery never dwindled like I was training five times a week and I was like this is mental like I feel fine um whereas like I know if I'd been natural like it, it would have been tough you know, um, and then obviously you've got the back end of the prep as well. Like as a female, you should, well, hopefully you're not taking like anabolics throughout the prep for like an extended phase, but like maybe like the last five to six weeks, you'll start to slip in anabolics. And like when that happens, it's like you've started to see that your, your performance in training's dropping off. And then suddenly you've got this like anavarin or whatever. And you're like, woo, not that you're like, woo, because it's six weeks out, but yeah, you, 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 your training performance stops dropping off as much and you just don't yeah so it, it does help that as well um yeah and then obviously just the fact that you're assisted like you can you can use other you can use like t3 t4 to like speed things along with with like fat loss um you could use like melatonin for sleep if your sleep was suffering uh, all sorts of like dodgy-ish like sleep supplements that you wouldn't be able to take as a natural athlete so there's so many different, it's not just about the anabolics and the muscle growth, there's so many different sides to being assisted where, you know, you can help with recovery, sleep, etc. Because you're assisted, like, you can also use these other pathways to, like, improve the overall um, outlook of the prep. So just overall, you're going to have a better time, I think. I don't think that can be denied, you know. There's every time that you've got uh, any type of dwindling going on in the prep where if you were natural, you'd just be like, oh... Like as an as an assisted athlete, generally speaking, you can put something in to help. So Absolutely. of course it's easier, yeah. Absolutely, but I'm gonna guess as well. Like cause I know you're not putting it across that way, but we don't also want people listening to this thinking, okay. Um, <laughs> That's um, another thing I've got to be careful. I know what you're gonna say, <laughs> and I know you never meant it to come across. No, that way. yeah. PEDs are brilliant. No, yeah, yeah, because yeah. Because obviously the they, well. they yeah. do come with their own risks, and <laughs> like especially yeah. a lot of people listening to this podcast won't be bodybuilders. Like a lot of my listeners are just you know you you everyday. Joe's and Karen, you know, no offense, Joe or Karen, but you know, they are normal people. I don't want you to listen to this thinking, okay, I'm doing a photo shoot or I'm dieting for Spain and I'm going to take some. It's like, no, 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 no. So, 
to what extent did you do your research on all of these things? Because nothing comes without its consequences and risks. And I'm sure you are very clued upon that. How have you managed to like weigh up the pros and cons then to go, yes, these could have consequences on my health, but for me right now, this is worth it. Yeah, that was a good point because that's another reason I've not been able to put out a video yet because I'm kind of like, how do I word it without sounding like, this is awesome, do it, you know? It's cost, like, no, cost. but yeah, I'm just pointing out that it does make it a lot easier. But um, that's not to say you should just, you know, go go down that route. I obviously, yeah, like I said, I sort of did that course um, to kind of learn in depth, like every single compound, what it could potentially do. Um, so that like, so that I wanted to be in a position where once I hired a coach, can I trust this guy? Like, is he saying what I've learned? Does it back up what I've learned? And then to be honest, the answer was always yes, which was good. Absolutely. Um, but yeah. A lot of people don't know. They'll just get like thrown on stuff and like, they're not going to question like why or dosages and stuff because yeah. like, they, yeah. they know. I mean, to be honest with you as well, like I'd been fascinated for years anyway. Like every, like most of the athletes that I follow are like, assisted themselves over the years of just like listening to the right kind of podcasts and the sucking in the right kind of information being on forums like the Physique Collective, which I'd, I'd recommend anyway if you're really interested in bodybuilding, you just because if if you're on a forum like that, you've got you've got like the guys from the Physique Collective that are giving out educational videos all the time that you can just learn like random videos on like how to administer this type of drug or what it does or dosaging, and then you've got everyone else just posting in the forum as well, like other bodybuilders saying their experiences and what they've done, side effects, asking questions about side effects and help me, you know, I'm, this has happened to me and you start to just pick up. I, I make, I read every single post like once a week or once a fortnight, I will sit down and, and catch up on the forum and read every single post. So I'm just constantly taking in new experiences. Um, so just always kind of keeping myself a little bit more informed. Um, but yeah, like I think that of course there is side effects and then it's almost like me me looking in hindsight now, like thinking, God, like, would I have still gone down this route, like knowing what I know? And it's like, hmm, well, you know, maybe not actually, because I mean, I, I've been quite open about it as well. Like just, I always just discuss it, you know, on my socials, but like, yes, I've had side effects. Yes, I have. The common ones that they tell you about, yes, I've had them. Like, it's not a joke. Like, it's not like they're just, it's not like when you read a packet on like a, a paracetamol and it says this might happen. It's like, you might no, actually, yeah. funnily enough, if you put injecting male stuff or just putting it in pill form into your body, uh, male hormones, you're probably going to get some kind of masculine side effects. Like, so I have, I have seen my voice deepen and I have seen other things change, unfortunately, as well. And um, obviously, like I, with the T3, T4 situation, um, I was telling you earlier, but like in the car, but yeah, like now I'm really struggling because I've I've been using like exogenous thyroid hormone for about six months since the start of my prep pretty much to speed up those things and make me just, you know, kind of burn through food faster, if, if you want to call it that. But um, in the simplest terms, yeah. In the simplest terms, yeah, very simplest terms. But like, uh, yeah, you're basically upregulating up your, you know, your, your thyroid hormones. So when I got my bloods done post-show, like everything was in range to be fair, because I, I do take a lot of supplements to kind of counteract um, the effect of them. So I was really pleased with that, but my thyroid was obviously elevated because I was still taking, um, I was still taking stuff. It's very important not to just drop those out after your prep because, you know, your thyroid will just bottom out. And if you start to eat loads more food again, good luck. You know, you're going to gain fat very quickly, but I've had to pull it out now because I don't want to just keep it in forever. And I, yeah, I'm gaining weight like a mofo at the moment and it's not fun. And like, you know, you are messing with your hormones. So you're going to get them shouting back at you when you do that. So I'm just kind of dealing with that at the moment, which is lovely. And I'm like, ah, oh, great. You know, it was all well and good when I was on my prep, just sticking some T3, T4, speed up the fat loss process. Awesome. You know, things are moving along really quickly. And now I've, I've got the opposite problem. So yeah, 
you know, there are there, there are consequences for sure. Yeah. What would you say to someone then now? Because it's, it's quite a common thing that's coming up at the moment. You know, competing, bodybuilding is becoming more of a trend, if you want to use that as the right word. And I see people who do get put on things because it's what the coach suggests and, you know, their naivety. You know, I, I do think everyone should do their own research, but obviously I completely sound like you did with, you know, that, that's, that second prep of, you know, I'm in the zone, the coach knows best, I'll, I'll do what it takes sort of thing. And then people end up in really messy situations and... You know, people are now speaking about like their long-term health. I don't know if you listen to some of like, Emma Hyman's stuff where she's struggling with quite a few things now due to her experiences with PEDs and things. So if you've got someone younger, older, looking into bodybuilding, on the fence maybe about this side of things, what would you say the best route is to take so they can make an informed decision for themselves whether this is worth it for them? Good question. I just think you should be in a position where you understand everything, like, all the compounds and stuff yourself. Um, so when your coach suggests it, you're not thinking, what's that? Or if you, if you are in a position where you're thinking, what's that? Then ask them, what is it? Like, what does it do? Why do I need it? Um, yeah, yeah, see what they can kind of tell you about it as well. Um, but yeah, like hopefully as well, you've got a coach that you trust. Like if you're, if you're feeling the need to get second opinions and stuff, (laughs) that sort of tells you all you need to know. If you're sort of checking with other coaches and saying, oh, well, what's, uh, what do you think of this? dosage that I've been asked to take like you want Mm. to be with a coach who you just you're able to just go yeah sure you know but at the same time like you know what it is and why and everything like that and just just thinking about your actual like you know your long-term goals and and things like that as well um and all just little things like um do you want kids you know not just goals in bodybuilding just your life goal I don't want kids you know never have never will I'm 30 next year yeah I don't have that long left in competing because of my age I know that I will the cutoff point will be for me at some point soon so for me it was like I kind of need to speed up the bodybuilding process of the goals that I have within bodybuilding and like how I can get there but if you're like 20 years old and you could potentially still be competing when you're 30 you've got a decade mate like you can you you actually do have time to, to just take it naturally and just go like you know um without so like yeah I just think weighing up weighing up your pros and cons like there you know and I just think especially with anabolics Jesus Christ yeah. really 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 weigh that up absolutely because it's it, it you know like I say from personal experience like each time I've done a cycle like there have been side effects so um unless I'm some like anomaly <laughs> then you know you, you might also get side effects whether you choose to kind of acknowledge them or actually check them or not, like you probably will. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> That's that. So you mentioned obviously the kids thing, like you're not stressing obviously too much about like the you know the issues of fertility because that's something that you know it's not a life goal of yours but is there anything in terms of like looking over like you know your future in life that you do maybe worry or you have like weighed up pros and cons because it's not just fertility there's so many elements oh, yeah. of health that can be affected. Have you do you consider that and have you sort of weighed that up for yourself? Yeah, I mean, like, when you obviously, like, you should, like, be getting your bloods done regularly and seeing if, if anything's going wrong. I mean, yeah, like, maybe there's other things in the background that you can't identify from that. But, like, as a whole, generally speaking, like, I've been able to, like, maintain, like, a level of health across, like, you know, my organs and things like that. Like, I think knowing what to take, like, there are so many good good supplements on the mm. market nowadays for assisted athletes. Like, Strom is, like, literally designed for assisted athletes. Like, all their products are, like, there to help you. Um, with like your cholesterol and your kidneys and your liver and all that kind of thing um so you know there's so much that you can do in the short term to make sure that you're like staying like healthy as possible um in terms of like if my long-term health was to be affected like 
am I going to know about that until it happens? I, I, it's a tough one. I don't know. Like it's like I said, you, I'm probably not going to know that until I'm like 50. And then if something happens and it's like, had you not taken stuff when you were younger, like this wouldn't be happening now. Um, that's something that I, I will have to live with, I suppose, and deal with. But I'm, 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 I'm quite like a live in the moment kind of person. So yeah. um, you could be dead tomorrow. So you yeah, know. Uh, yeah, literally, literally, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm very quite like a live in the moment. I'm not the, like the five year plan kind of gal. Like I've got no idea where I'll be in five years and I don't no. want to think about it. So <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, that kind of comes on to the next question of like, what is like the next step and goal for you? Because you competed recently, didn't you? And that was yeah. sort of the figure route. And you, you, you was actually, you actually really enjoyed it, didn't you? The, the experience that was quite good with like how you, you said you actually enjoyed the day. You didn't extend the shows you were going to do, did you? Huh? You didn't extend the shows you were going to do. You were going to compete for longer than you did initially right weren't you um, or do another show or something not really but like like I said because it was like the IFBB was the only thing I could do like the way it works is you've got like a regional show and then after that it's a pro qualifier and I'm like why would I do a pro qualifier when I'm literally never going to turn pro this year like I'm nowhere near big enough for that um so it's like it's so much like I would have had to stay on prep for another eight weeks between the shows which is a long time especially when anabolics are in the mix because you shouldn't really be running anything ideally for more than 12 weeks and like that would have been longer and I'd already had bad side effects. So it was like, that's obviously not an option to continue the prep, but also like for me, the goal isn't to turn, well, I wouldn't turn pro this year, but I was like, I'm not gonna do the shows this weekend, actually. I would have been competing this weekend. Um, but yeah, I was not interested in continuing for like being invited to a show that I knew I wouldn't be anywhere near the level of competitive wise for. Um, slash, I just had other commitments, like two weeks after I had a client competing, I really wanted to be there. I had a friend's wedding in France. So there was a few reasons why it just suited me not to be on prep anymore. So I was kind of like, just do the one show this year. It's just the way the timeline worked out as well. Like I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have been ready to do any other shows earlier than that one. And I couldn't do any more later because I had other commitments. So yeah, yeah just the way it was. And how did you find competing <coughs> with the IFBB compared to other feds? Yeah, it was good. I mean, it was kind of what I expected where obviously... Uh, most people there are like seasoned athletes and they're like 10 years older than me and like they're all backstage discussing like in depth like their preps and they're really serious and um yeah like it was it was like a different vibe from like the like cutesy shows I'd, well not cutesy shows but you know like everyone's like super like excited backstage and just having like really like chilled fun conversations and stuff it was very more like everyone's here like quite seriously um which is what you ex I, I was warned I was like by the way like you know you're not having this like really super fun like show day anymore it's it's a lot more like people are there to like people are there like because they need the invite to go and do a pro qualifier that they're there to win you know it's not like yeah so I was kind of like oh I'm, I'm gonna miss that like that element of um you know just doing a nice show where you're just there because you just enjoy it and uh, but actually no to be fair I was surprised because the girls in my class were like super friendly and um you know we had a really good time chatting together to be honest but I'm a really nervous competitor anyway so I spent most of my time avoiding people <laughs> until it got to the point when we had to be backstage and then I was like, hi guys. <laughs> and we actually just had really nice chats and yeah. But it, yeah, I would say it's a different vibe. I would say, I mean, the girl the, the girl that won the overall that day, that the, the, she was like, yeah, the one that was like 10 years older than me and like proper seasoned athlete was, she just couldn't stop commenting on how friendly we all were. She was like, you don't get this, you know, people are usually so mean, you know, so it, clearly it shows that that's the, the usual expectation that she has when she goes to these shows is that people aren't there to like chat and have a good time that's just what like that's just my own personal experience though by the way like 
other people might have had a different experience but that was how it felt for me anyway yeah on the sure. day so what's next for you then in terms of moving forward in terms of well I guess everything because we've covered mostly our sort of experiences with bodybuilding but like career as well because now you've over sort of that the last year it's you've shifted more into having quite a few more people competing now haven't you and what yeah do I suppose that just builds it each year doesn't it when you get results and then people see and they're like oh yeah you know so what do you feel the direction is for you in terms of both coaching wise and where you want to take things in terms of your career in bodybuilding like I know you said you're not a five-year plan person <laughs> but what would you like to be sort of seeing happening and what do you feel is like the direction for you over the next year or so well my goal is uh, to compete in 2025 again so then I will be big enough <laughs> for well hopefully anyway for the for the whole two bros thing but then like hopefully do a couple of other feds like that year as well maybe one other um so I want a good season next time where I actually do a few shows because I definitely missed that vibe this year so yeah obviously next year's for me is just going to be like partly like a big long off season um I will be dieting in January thank god because <laughs> last time I just didn't diet at all for the entire off season and it was just like a bit bit rough <laughs> So there'll be like a bit of a diet in January. I'll probably do a shoot at the end of it. Just, you know, a little bit of something to look That's forward it. to. Um, but yeah, generally speaking, I'll be in like a long growth phase. I'll do like a similar timeline in terms of like the prep I did this time, like that this side of the year to, to sort of do a season, get on stage in 2025. And around that, just, yeah, obviously the good thing about not competing every year as well is just like having more time to focus on business, like, you know, when you're prepping, you know, you're not, you, you sort of are, but you're also not like focusing on building your business as much. So like, yeah, like I've obviously got lots of scope to um, just keep growing the team really. Like, um, you know, whether that's, whether that's more competitors, I probably will see more next year, but I do, I do generally like having the balance, you know, mm -hmm. I would, I would never want to be like a prep coach, you know, some people like they wanting to go in that direction. For me, like I do find a lot of joy in like just coaching lifestyle as well. And even when, you, when I say lifestyle, like most of my clients are like quite into the gym. Like they are like, they are like, you know, bodybuilders as well. They just don't want to compete necessarily. Um, but I get that joy of working with people that just love training as well, like yeah. I do and want to improve their training. Um, but yeah, not necessarily to get on stage. So yeah, I would, I would never want that to stop. You know, it's so fun when like one of your long-term clients gets married or something, you know what I mean? There's, there's other goals that, that interest and excite me as well. So I would never want to lose that element and I never want to come across, like sometimes I, I worry that I come across as like, do you, do you also do, like, yes, I do lifestyle. You know what I mean? I don't want to ever appear to just be a prep coach. So I will like to keep the business nice and balanced um, with a nice amount of each. Um, and yeah, just uh, just keep keep growing and physically and in the business. <laughs> love it, love it, amazing. Well, I think that wraps everything up really nicely on a nice little, you know, look into the future yeah positive vibes note so as always if people are sort of new to finding out about you where can people find you socials wise where do you exist yes so it's emilyjane.coaching on instagram and you know you can just drop me a dm if you ever need to ask me anything i'm very much open to answering questions jane with a y isn't it huh it's with a y isn't it jane no 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 y it's j-a-n-e why did i think it was with a y i don't know mate but yeah that's my insta no why no why just emilyjane.coaching and then I've got a YouTube channel that documents everything pretty much yeah. there's like three preps on there from all my preps uh, that's my name Emily Bagshaw you'll find me yeah I'll leave the links for those in the descriptions as well so people can access from there cool making life easy but a yeah. huge thank you for joining us Emily and I will see everyone on next week's episode <laughs>